Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Jake the Snake Roberts, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey guys, this is Bobby Fish, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Brothers and sisters, the River City Wrestling Con 2023 is in the books. Thank you to all of Duke Loves Wrestling listeners and beyond. You made it the most successful River City Wrestling Con in history. Fantastic. And I'm telling you right now, the main event to close out the event was none other than then the man called Loki going up against our guest this week, Bobby Fish. And I got to just ask you right out of the gate, how are you feeling after that battle there, Bobby? <laughs> it definitely left a few marks. Um, but I I think going into that, I, I expected nothing less. And, uh, and I would, you know, truly, I would want nothing less. Like, um, you know, Loki... Not a lot of daylight there, and and he's 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 coming hard, and and so am I, and um, yeah, I mean that's how I like my wrestling, to be honest. It reminded me of a classic Ring of Honor match, just the way that you guys started off, a lot of grappling, um, feeling out, taking your time, and then as the match progressed and it opened up, that's when we started seeing Loki bouncing off of the ropes and you mm-hmm. moving out of the way and figuring it out. So, so you had a mixed bag of everything in there, which is exactly mm-hmm. the type of stuff that I love, man, because it mm-hmm. resembled a fight, you know, yeah. legitimately resembled a competitive fight to opposing forces trying to figure out who's going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Why is that such a foreign concept in modern wrestling today? I don't have the exact answer, but I, I do have, you know, kind of my interpretation. And um, I, I think we've gotten away with certain things over the years. And the more um, we've gotten away with, the, the, more, um, the more real estate that has been occupied, so to speak. So it's like... It's just a really slippery slope, you know, and what becomes acceptable, what what is acceptable today in the pro wrestling world, uh, which may not have been acceptable, you know, 10, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, however far you want to go back, when it it passes the test now, uh, like I said, I just think more and more real estate gets occupied. And then it's like, okay, well, what, you know, what, uh, what's off limits? And uh, at this point, like almost nothing is. And that's, that's an interesting point there, because unfortunately, you develop an entire generation of fans who, whatever their impression of what pro wrestling is, it barely resembles what my impression is. You know, right. what I've always known of what pro wrestling is supposed to be, again, it's supposed to resemble a fight. Mm-hmm. And when we get into all of this other stuff where mm-hmm. it doesn't look like somebody's trying to beat somebody up, it almost looks like they're they're having a dance with each other. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes me out. You know what I mean? On a, on a personal yeah. level there. So I, I, I want to tell you, because I feel that what you and Loki did this past weekend, that's match of the year quality stuff. Um, so kudos to the both of you for showing us once again what pro wrestling is supposed to be, and and it is just beautiful. Well, I appreciate that very much. Um, and yeah, like I said, I mean that's the wrestling that I like as well. So that's what I'm going to put out there. It's not to say that there's not room for other stuff. I mean, there's all different flavors on the pro wrestling uh, buffet. But that's the one that I like to see. That's the one I grew up um, 
you know, being inspired by and um, like that, you know, for the remainder of my time in this industry, like that's what I'm putting forward. I love it. Now, now there was a moment in that match in the very beginning where a fan was was uh, trying to be a wise guy mm. and you actually rolled out of the ring and you had some words with him and, and, and basically mm-hmm. let him know uh, what's what. Mm-hmm. And, and two things stood out for me. Number one, you were you were reminding him to respect the industry. At least that's how it came across um, and respect the competitors in the ring, you and low key. The other thing that stood out to me is that even in that moment, our intelligence wasn't insulted because the referee was still counting you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like he didn't break the count. He was counted, man. And, and you would have been right. counted out of the match if you didn't roll yourself back in there. Talk to yes, me about sir. that moment. What, what, what was that whole exchange at, at that point there? Um, I, you know, especially going back to like, I've, I've done TV wrestling now for whatever, like a, a decade. And, um, you, you miss, you, you know, coming back to the independence and doing more of an independent contracted schedule and stuff. Um, there's way more intimacy in the setting that is, you know, our stage. So, um, I always took advantage of that, um, as I was coming up and kind of learning how to do this, this business and like that, um, ability to ad lib for me was always very much, um, outside the ring not that it didn't happen inside the ring too but like i i love that unpredictability and you just you don't know and i think sometimes too it it kind of provides the fans that are there um and it it definitely gets lost with this tv and streaming audience now where everything is about viewers and you know but if you go to the show and you buy you know you spend a little bit extra to get you and your son uh, or your daughter or whoever, like ringside. Um, I don't know. I think it's a nice little Easter egg or a nice little whatever to have more of a personal interaction with one of the performers. And because I enjoy that myself and I like that banter, um, yeah, I mean, I, if, if somebody – puts that opportunity in front of me like I'm more likely to take it than not and uh this trip back to you know working um independently has has afforded me a lot of those opportunities good and uh, you know um kind of uh shutting things down but then also uh I I can remember one um where I I held Aaron Solo's arms while a little girl hit him with her uh baby doll <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I love all that stuff. That's fun. Uh, you you made a memory for for a bunch of people in that moment there, which that's that's fun. Cool. And I know that because uh, here on Duke Loves Wrestling, we're an international show. We have guests from all over the world: China, Germany, you name it, Australia. And I know that for folks who have watched you, who may not be familiar with whatever you were doing before NXT, um. A lot of them assume that you're a British guy. And it's very strange because I, I've seen, you know, my, my top list of, of my favorite British wrestlers right now, Mustache mm-hmm. Mountain, Bobby Fish. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> so so let's let's get this straight once and for all here, because with, yeah. with this thick New York accent that you have going <laughs> on here, I, I feel like some folks yeah. are going to feel uh, a little confused and, and maybe, you know, had here. Have you been pretending to be a British guy all this time? And, and, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's going on here? Because that confusion uh, is kind of strange. What's going on here, Bobby? Yeah, my, um, <laughs> you know, you, you're a kid. So you, you, when you grow up, like you don't realize you have an accent, right? Because everybody talks the same way you do that because it's where you grew up. Um so I've never, like, I never heard the New York accent because that's just normal to me. Um, but if if I had ever done my um, British impression for you, you would know that, like, it's, there's no way would you would mistake me for uh, someone from the UK. Um, All right, so you're I, not one of those UK guys. That's, that's official? 
<laughs> That's official. That's official. Uh, you know, when I was coming up on the independence, I was mistaken for a New England guy. Um, just because of the uh, the shows that I was frequenting. Um, and where I grew up in upstate New York, it's actually closer to Massachusetts than uh, New York City. So, you know, I see how and why that, that mistake was made. Well, I'm sorry, all the UK fans. We have broken an exclusive here. Bobby Fish absolutely is not a UK guy. He's not even a New England guy. He's just a, he's just an upstate New York guy, right? Yes, sir. But I will say I do enjoy. Uh, I have enjoyed uh, numerous times uh, taking a trip over to the other side of the pond. Um, most recently was for Progress Pro Wrestling. Um, I had a, a opportunity to uh, wrestle Will Osprey. Um, will and I have history back from. New Japan and Ring of Honor. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, great company to work for. Uh, UK fans, always passionate and all about it. Um, yeah, so just a good experience all the way around. I love, uh, love love heading over there when I get a chance. And I'm sure that has something to do with the lore from their perspective there. Folks are so used to seeing you mesh your style so well mm-hmm. with folks who have more of a British uh, training in pro wrestling. So it, it would make sense, but this is, this is cool. It just goes to show that uh, you're well-rounded here. Um, you're a guy that has a, an interesting education as well. It, wh- what's your degree in? Uh, I have a bachelor's in English from Siena college. So Bobby fish has a bachelor's in English. Yes. It's amazing that, at least the last few years, you haven't been on the mic as much as, as you were in the beginning of your career, considering your education. Yeah. I mean, I knew on the come up, um, that it was one of the things that would set me apart. Um, a lot of times people get painted with that brush of like, okay, well, if you're technically proficient, you can't talk and vice versa. Um, and so I wanted to show that, like, yeah, I, I could run my mouth because um, I, I did n- never have any issue with communicating and always communicated pretty well. If anything, communicated too much. Like my wife will tell you, like, please shut up. <laughs> please stop. Um, but uh, when I started to work for WWE um, when we were in NXT, they uh, they put us into uh, the group with uh, with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and and Kyle O'Reilly. At first, it was just the three of us, but a- anyway, I think most listeners probably know the history. Um, but at that time, um, we were a group, and it was every uh, it was all, each person's responsibility to be who they were supposed to be in the group. And, um, you know, Adam was the mouthpiece for sure. So, you know, I'm a team player and I, I, so I, I'm not going to compete with that. Like I, I changed my presentation because, because that's what it was supposed to be. Like I wanted to be the best that, that they wanted me to be because they were the one signing my check. Um, and to be honest, I loved working with my friends. So I really, really didn't care either way. It was like, you know, somebody paid me. It didn't feel like I I even went to work. I went and hung out with my three, three of my best friends. Well, and certainly, and you guys made an impression that will last forever. I mean, some of the best stuff that we've seen, especially from factions was going on when you guys were put together because you had all that history together, uh, Mm -hmm. coming out of ring of honor, uh, Japan, et cetera, all over the world that you guys have worked with each other in some capacity. It just made sense to put you together the way that it happened there. Um, I I wonder about something because we talk about being a technical wrestler. You have a martial arts background as well, right? Yes, sir. I started doing Taekwondo when I was eight and um, I've never stopped doing some kind of martial art from eight to now. So, so I'm curious about this because there's something that I've picked up on and I've talked to a few people, two mutual friends of ours about it as well. Guys like, like low key, Rob Van Dam, 
yourself. You you have the martial arts background. You guys tend to be spiritual guys, you know, people who really look from within and and you know having general conversation. There is a level of philosophy that's embedded in there because you take the time to actually dive deep, so to speak. Are you a religious guy? I am. Um, I consider myself Christian. Uh, I was raised Catholic. Um, and so, uh, for a long time, I, I was really kind of, uh, averse to religion. I, I think the rigidness of, of Catholicism, um, I, that didn't always work for me. Um, when I moved to Florida, uh, so about four or five years ago, um, there was a point in time where I got exposed to some Christianity and uh, it, it really landed uh, well with me. And so that kind of started my journey. And uh, I've been on that since. Um, and now, yeah, I mean, I'm a believer for sure. How has your faith helped you as you've gone through your journey in pro wrestling? Because, and, and, and think about that for a second while I lay this on you as well. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who can go into any wrestling school and pay their money and eventually, you know, call themselves a pro wrestler. And then you have the folks out of that grouping, very few of them are going to be able to make a living doing pro wrestling. And then out of the out of the very few that can make a living doing pro wrestling, very few of those folks are going to be able to make it to a major promotion. And out of that group, very few of those folks are going to get a contract. And then out of that group, very few of those folks are going to be regulars on television. Bobby Fish has done all of those things in every major promotion that has existed pretty much throughout your career. And it's it's been fascinating to see because you're legitimately in the 1% when we look at it from that perspective. How has your faith assisted you through this journey? Because it has not been easy, and that wouldn't be easy for anybody to accomplish, and yet you've done it. Well, I I look back at it now because I have to see it more in hindsight than in the present moment because the the come up, you know, over the the 20-some-odd years that I've been doing this, I didn't always have this faith to lean on. Um, I lean on this faith now. Um, quite a bit. Uh, but I look back and I, I realized that it was a, a lot of the things that I am um, faithful about now uh, were serving me then, even though I had yet to find my faith. And the only thing that makes any sense to me is some of the things that you'll hear when it comes to uh, faith and your journey. And, and, you know, things like it's on his schedule, not ours. Um, and I can, I can remember numerous times, whether it be my professional career or my personal life, um, you know, when I just thought, man, nothing, I, I'm just not catching a break. And, um, I'm able to look back now and to realize that like he strategically placed a lot of these things throughout my life just to, you know, be the breadcrumbs along the trail in the woods to find your way home, you know, and, and he still continues to do that to this day. Um, It's not always supposed to make sense in the moment. But in the end, it, it, it will make some kind of sense and, and you'll get it. And I, I truly believe that. And there we go again. You know, that that philosophical, complete answer um, from somebody who is able to go that deep because not everybody's able to do that. Do, do you have any advice for folks, especially folks who are in the wrestling industry right now? They may be a couple of years into their career trying to figure it out. As a guy who's done it on every level, any advice for those for those folks? Um, I mean, I would 
try to shy away from the the cliche sort of answer to that, but I mean, it really does require um, an ability to, you know, hear no, um, and and be okay with it. Like I said, I, I look back now and I realize that some of those no's were more or less based on the fact that like it wasn't time because it's his timeline, not mine. But um, you have to have a certain grit and a certain perseverance in this world in order to hear those no's and be discouraged, but not give in to the discouragement and not give in to you know, I mean, there's there's certain aspects of, of my career uh, on the come up and stuff where, um, you know, when I first started to make a living in pro wrestling, WWE, it was no secret that like, you know, it was land of the big guys. Um, so to be sub six foot, not not in your favor, um, was also the land of like, um, the young guys. And um, I got a little bit of a late start from pro wrestling standards. I was 25 by the time I had my first match. So um, I didn't have that really going for me either. And if somebody said to me like, hey, you'll make it to WWE um, and you'll be there for you know this amount of time, you'll do this or blah, blah, blah. Um, but it won't be until you're north of 40 years old. I'm <laughs> like, you're out of your mind. Um, but that's exactly what happened. I mean, exactly what happened. So if I had thrown in the towel for whatever reason prior to that, because I was convinced it was my schedule and it needed to happen now, then I would have missed out on the time I did spend there. I love that. I love that. And it's, it, it applies no matter what industry you're working in. Um, I'm a political science guy. That's what I spent most of my career doing. Uh, some form of government work, but to pay the bills as a college kid, I, I had to work in retail and I was a retail manager. But even going back to high school, one of my first jobs is working at a furniture store, fluffing pillows and carrying out rugs for, for customers and eventually mm-hmm. turned into a salesperson. But one of the things that they taught us is accepting no and being able to not take it personally when you're told no. And eventually transitioning into understanding the law of averages, you know, you, you know, one out of every 10 is going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So it's about finding your yeses and, and not allowing it to be the end of the world when you hear no. And I, it's, it makes perfect sense to hear you say that when I look at where you've been, because brother, it is incredible what you've been able to accomplish. And the fact that you can still wrestle the way that you did this past weekend, literally one of the best matches I've seen all year, if not the best, to think, I mean, you've been wrestling, what, close to 20 years at this point, right? Over. Yeah. I mean, I think we're somewhere between like 23 and 25. My goodness, man. Yeah. My goodness. How's your body holding up? Because you you didn't look bad. You, you You were moving just fine. Fantastic. Like I expected the other shoe to drop long time ago. I mean, I I just um, had an opportunity in November to have my first professional boxing match. And it was part of the Floyd Mayweather undercard. Um, And, you know, I, I, it, it reminded me of what it, what it feels like to actually, you know, get out and and compete because, you know, you compete in pro wrestling as well, but there's just, you know, having done both for large portions of my life, like there is a difference. I will say that. And, um, so to, to scratch that itch of, of competition again and and feel that, um, you know, but to know that like I can do it at this point in my career and I, I still feel like, um, I, I don't, I'm not sure when that shoe is dropping, but, uh, it's not now. And, uh, when I roll up to the, uh, pearly white gates, so to speak, sir, like 
the vehicle I'm I'm showing up in is is going to be broken down and uh, and you know I'm riding this until the wheels fall off. And for the record, folks, uh, Bobby Fish didn't just compete in a boxing match; he won the boxing match. So let's <laughs> we don't have to be modest about this, Bobby. You won the match. You know, I what did. I mean? Well, they were nice <laughs> enough to fly my wife over, so I kind of had no choice. Like I can't get beat up in front of my wife. <laughs> It's just, it's incredible, man. You're, you're, you're living multiple dreams and, you know, at every stop you're doing it like a gentleman and it's, it's really cool to see. And I think that you're a prime example, you know, generations need to learn from a guy like you. I I truly believe that. And with your background, not only your lived experience, um, in martial arts, professional wrestling, now boxing, but also your education, you're a natural educator, man. Have you ever thought about going into education as, as a, another feather to put in your cap, so to speak? Ironically enough, when I was coming up, substitute teaching was something I did for a long time before pro wrestling was was solely paying the bills because it allowed me. I was working for pro wrestling Noah at the time. So I would go to Japan sometimes for three weeks or a month. And there's not a lot of jobs that you can maintain throughout the year that are going to let you just, you know, on a, on a, you know, month notice, go, go to another country for three weeks. So substitute teaching was, was one of the only ones that gave me the flexibility I needed. Um, so I, I did, you know, for a few years, I did quite a bit of teaching. You were born to do it. You know, you were born to, because not everybody can't communicate how to do it and have the patience to then sit there step by step and make sure that the other side gets it. And Mm -hmm. it's very, very clear that you have that gift. So I'm just putting this out there in the atmosphere, so to speak. Bobby Fish, <laughs> in some capacity, whether he's prof- whether he's a professor, adjunct professor, whether he is is um, one of the lead trainers at a facility, MMA or wrestling or both, um, something. But I, I definitely feel like you're a guy that people need to learn from because y- you can do it, you know, and you've done and you have done it uh, as far as lived it. So it's not like you're some guy off the street talking about stuff and you don't know what you're talking about. No, you're, you're legit. So. I very much appreciate it, sir. For, for numerous reasons. One of which I I will state like my wife, she's a, um, she's a teacher and um, I watch her at times um, and I see her in her classroom and I see the way she effortlessly kind of delivers the information, but then um doubles back and makes sure that it was done in a way that 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 individual student gets it um but yet is still accommodating the uh the sum the whole class you know and she just has this effortless way that she goes about it and like it just makes me realize like that's what she's supposed to be doing you know i mean we all have our good days and our bad but like she um yeah, and it's just effortless for her, so that's uh, an immense compliment, sir. Well, and I bet she'd agree with me, which is the ir- ironic part about that. Um, so definitely, kudos to uh, Mrs. Fish there. You know, <laughs> let's 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 try to get your husband in some kind of classroom, please. I, yeah. I, I think it would make sense. Anyway, yeah. you you are, are in the podcasting game now. I am, sir. Yes. Talk to uh, me about that, man, because you you know you you're. Not only you, you can you kick the asses in the ring, but you can also break it down on the mic afterwards. <laughs> yes. what, what's going on with the podcast? Yeah, I you know I talk too much, so it was very much a natural um, thing to kind of uh, come about. Uh, but yeah, the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. Um, we are on the Premier Network. Uh, our video. Uh, our audio is on pretty much everything, like wherever you can get your podcasts, we are available. Um, and it's uh, a couple of friends of mine from home, actually, from upstate New York. Um, my one friend on there, we've known each other since we were born, literally since we were born. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's it's been really a lot, a lot of fun. We've uh 
we've had guests on that I, you know, didn't really anticipate uh, Kenny Florian being one of my favorites. Um, Quentin Rampage Jackson. Uh, we had Scotty Too Hotty. We had Colt Cabana. We, you know, we, we've had a, a lot of these people are, are some of my friends in the industry as well. Um, and it's just nice to get a chance to sit down and, and catch up with people. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think people are enjoying it. Um, I know we are, I know we are very much enjoying it. We get pretty silly. Uh, we're, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, we're three, uh, three jerks sometimes. So. Well, it's, it's cool to hear a show where, you know, I, I'm, I'm never going to be a pro wrestler. I'm never going to be an MMA fighter. But I've been watching both pretty much my entire life. So I can speak from that perspective as just a fan. But for somebody like you that has the background that you have, that is incredible knowledge. So to have a show that people can go to and they can get that expert analysis and opinion. And and, and also it's a very entertaining listen as well. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So definitely, folks, check it out. I appreciate um, that. Worth the listen. And... You know, in, in general, if, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Bobby, whether it be, you know, fans who just want to show some love, whether it be promoters out there, whether it be education systems that need Bobby Fish somehow, some way involved in, in educating the, the, these young minds out there. What's the best way folks can reach you? Um, I'm on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. Uh, the handle is the Bobby Fish. Um, for bookings and whatnot, uh, we, uh, the email is Frank Ferraro, uh, three at gmail.com. Um, that would be the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, but if, uh, you know, anything, any, any, anything on the, the social media, I, I may respond to, I don't know. <laughs> I don't always uh check them but um yeah i mean I, i'm out there bobbyfishapparel.com uh, is the merchandise website uh we have podcast merchandise up there we have bobby fish merchandise up there um you know it's a one-stop shop awesome awesome listen bobby i i respect you i appreciate you i i appreciate the fact that you have been a continuation of the type of pro wrestling that I like. Uh, we were talking offline about it. I, I truly feel that in a lot of ways, you're the next generation of, of Dean Malenko, uh, who's somebody that is absolutely one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, the man of a thousand holds. Um, before I let you go, I got to ask you a very important question because you know I'm a Boston guy. Yes, sir. And, and you're a New York guy. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Boston, we call it a steak and cheese sub. Okay, we don't play games. We don't mix around words the wrong way. It's a steak and cheese sub. That's what it is. We do it right. Okay. Now, our cousins down in Philly, and you're a neutral party in New York, so I really need your uh-huh. help. You could be the referee on this. Our cousins down in Philly, for some reason, call it a cheese steak. It, it, it's as if they just want to be difficult, and I don't understand it. So yeah. can you once and for all help us out here? Can you tell the world that it's actually a steak and cheese sub? It's not a quote-unquote cheese steak? <laughs> I don't really uh, – I've. Not, I guess I've never really considered it in those terms. But logically speaking, like the case that you just made makes – pretty good sense i've just never thought about the fact that they call it a cheese steak um i is it maybe just uh evidence that they're lazy (laughs) let's talk hydration see i carry something to drink with me every single place that i go because i am concerned about being dehydrated it runs in the family everything from dry mouth dizzy spells fainting it's pretty serious And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV. That has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. 
Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12. Liquid IV also is non-GMO. So it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, it tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. They also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. You can enjoy this stuff, man. But don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything that you order on liquidiv.com. So what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. Really fun conversation there with Bobby Fish and shout out to him. Uh, Just a really good guy. Really good guy, incredible experience and knowledge and understanding, not only the wrestling industry, but also uh, MMA, and somebody who has a lot to offer. So I'm going to reiterate the fact here. Folks, jump on it. This guy should be in front of a group of people, a classroom, whatever, uh, teaching in some way, shape, or form, whether that means he's in front of an MMA class of students, wrestling class of students, or whatever. He's a professor teaching English or something like that. I don't know what it is. I just know that Bobby Fish was made to be an educator, and it is something that should be in his not-too-distant future, for sure. Because that's when you find somebody like that in life, you got to really tap into their skills and, and utilize them as best as possible. So, you know. A lot of respect for him and really appreciate Bobby taking the time to address you, the wonderful listeners of Duke Loves Wrestling. You know, folks, there's a lot going on in pro wrestling right now. On one hand, you have the WWE where you're starting to see them utilize their roster in a very interesting manner. They are taking people who are traditionally part of SmackDown or Raw, you know, the main roster, so to speak, and they're having them do things on NXT. And that's exactly what should happen, quite frankly, utilizing people with stronger name recognition, brand recognition, utilizing them to boost the other brand, the the youngest brand. And it's working. You know, people are tuning in more, people are far more interested You know, everyone from Mustafa Ali to Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins is going to be doing something with uh, Braun Breaker. It's like they're going to have a match with each other, which is pretty cool. You know, it's just really interesting to see this type of cross promotion on a, a larger scale than what we are traditionally used to seeing. And it's just an example of the type of flexing that the WWE can can utilize at any point. At any point, they can take all of their properties, put their top stars, put their their mid-level stars, put any of their, their stars, their superstars on these shows and boost interest in these shows and therefore boost value. Because make no mistake about it, WWE is in a process right now where they're renegotiating their television contracts in the United States, right? So the the two majors here, you have Raw, which is on USA Network, and then you have SmackDown, which is on Fox. WWE is trying to figure out what they can get for those properties. For the next five years, um, you know, after 2024, that's when their contracts are up. But five years after that, what are they going to get for those for those shows? If you're going to air those shows on your network, how much are you going to pay to air those shows? 
And of course, there's a formula there. You know, how much can the networks get from advertisers, et cetera, et cetera? How many, you know, audience members are going to pay attention? What are those audience members worth in terms of the different demographics, et cetera? The economics of pro wrestling, right? And specifically in this case, the economics of WWE programming. There is a thought that SmackDown and Raw could get $1 billion a year each from the next partner that they have that will be airing these shows. And it's not just cable TV and it's not just traditional TV. These streaming companies, they're in the race. Amazon, Disney, even Peacock, they are in the race. They very well could swoop in and decide, you know what? We want SmackDown. We want Raw. We want both. And we will make them exclusive to our streaming services. And we'll pay top dollar for that because we know that WWE is going to deliver a certain percentage of fans and more importantly, certain demographics of fans that we can then advertise to, show other programming to, et cetera, et cetera. It makes sense. So this is an exciting time. And and to all the wrestlers out there, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're not paying attention to the economics of what's going on, you're doing yourself a disservice. Pay attention to the economics. Pay attention to the deals. Don't pull this, that has nothing to do with me. I just wrestled. No, (laughs) this is your business. And you need to know when the company that you're trying to get work from when they are going through ebbs and flows, when they're going through high points and low points, how does that affect you from a financial standpoint? You should be paying attention to that if you haven't already. Unfortunately, I talk to a lot of wrestlers and they don't, they don't really make the connection. They don't realize that these things are all relative. So in the case of a WWE, they, I mean, you know, Endeavor puts in a purchase That's going to be completed later this year. WWE and the UFC will be under one umbrella as a company. So you have whatever the new company is, which Vincent Kennedy McMahon will be the chairman of that new company. And then you have the UFC as their own brand underneath that. And then you have the WWE as their own brand underneath that. And it's very interesting to see how that's going to shake out. Because you know there's going to be cross-branding amongst the two brands. Of course there will be. It would be ridiculous not to. More so, people who are traditionally UFC personalities, you're going to see them in the WWE at some point. There's no question about it. Amanda Nunes has, has put out a statement making it clear, as long as the money is right, she absolutely would go to the WWE. And oh, by the way... She just retired from from active competition in UFC. Now, she's the greatest women's fighter of all time in MMA. There's no question about that. Just look at her resume. Amanda Nunes is the best. No one's been better than Amanda Nunes as far as we know, right? If she goes to the WWE, they're going to have to put a lot of pop and circumstance into it and really build up her brand even more because although she's the best, UFC has done a piss poor job of promoting her as such. But she knocked out Ronda Rousey, and Ronda Rousey's in the WWE. She knocked out Shayna Baszler, and Shayna Baszler's in the WWE. Can you imagine Amanda Nunes either being in a match against or being in a match with, so they're against other people, with Shayna and with Ronda? That's money, period. That's cha-ching. Sign me up. I'm ready. And you're going to attract portions of an audience that may not necessarily be currently engaged in the WWE, but they will be because they like mixed martial arts, because they follow Amanda Nunes, because they're interested to see what's going to happen next. You're going to attract a lot of casual people. There's no question about that. So that's going to be major and you can expect that. Now, what does that mean for everybody else? Well, if you are a wrestler That's another spot that's going to be occupied on cards, at least in major events. So, and that's actually another spot that's going to be occupied on television because you got to promote it. So that means that there's less opportunity there. But (laughs) 
your job is to make yourself marketable and important enough that you can be considered to do business with people like that. And now you'll make more money than you ever made before. Imagine that. So there's, there's no confusion here about the possibilities. It's just a matter of who is going to step up, who is going to pay attention and position themselves the right way. And on the other side, who's going to miss out because they're not savvy or because they, you know, the train just passed them by. There's a lot of tales that are going to be told over the next year or two as it relates to that. One of the more interesting things with this whole WWE sale is the fact that you, you take somebody like a like a Shane McMahon, he divested from WWE, he sold all his stock as far as we know, and and he, you know, he divested years ago. Well, the problem with that is now that they're cashing out, now that they sold the company for billions of dollars, he he's gonna miss out on a on a fat payday, right? So so who wins and 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 who you know doesn't win as much? I'm not gonna say he lost. He he cashed out. He made his money. I'm sure Shane McMahon's not gonna be missing any meals anytime soon. But you get my point. With are we paying attention to what's going on, and are we making decisions based on that, or are we being impatient and we're making decisions before you know it's time, or are we just not paying attention at all and the train just passes us by? Pro wrestlers, I'm telling you right now, if you're not vaccinated, you are doing yourself a disservice. Not because I care about the jab and all this other nonsense or anything like that. No. If that's a requirement by some of these companies, then you do what the requirement is. Or you're just not going to achieve your goals. You're not going to achieve your dreams. So there's that, right? I know some people are going to disagree with me on that, and that's okay. Just understand something, though. It's not a possibility that you're going to achieve that dream with those companies if that's what they require. Now, if they don't require it, then it is what it is. But I'm just telling you, you got to meet the requirements, right? So there's that whole thing there. I'm going to get a lot of help for that. Some people, you're supporting the jab. I'm not supporting the jab. I'm supporting pro wrestlers. I'm pointing out something here. So there's that. Pay attention. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of transition going on, and unfortunately, there's a lot of uncertainty happening right now. WWE is on a major upswing, which is good overall for the industry. Certainly great for WWE. What's happening with Impact Wrestling right now? They seem to be rebuilding. They they just crowned a new champion in Alex Shelley, which was a shock to everybody. Nobody saw that coming. So, you know, they're 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 shifting their priorities, so to speak. They have Alex Shelley, they have uh Trinity, formerly known as Naomi in WWE, they're doing some things, and we'll see where this goes, right? We know Impact always going to be Impact, though. Does that translate into more opportunity for up-and-coming wrestlers and things of that nature? Possibly. Possibly not. They're still on a network that doesn't have much visibility, so they have to get creative in, in terms of how do they continue to generate interest for their product. That's always a concern. And that will be reflected in contracts. So there's that. MLW is still MLW. They they had a deal with Reels, and now they don't have a deal with Reels, right? Um, they're just still chugging along, trying to figure it out. How much of a possibility is MLW for some of you you wrestlers out there? That's a I don't know. <laughs> there's there's a lot of transition happening over there too. It seems. Then we have AEW. AEW is about to debut a new show called Collision, which would be Saturdays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? So that's a good thing. I believe this is a live show. It's not a tape show. It's a live show. So that's a good thing. More opportunities for people to be featured. Unfortunately, AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation do not exist anymore. They got rid of those programs because they're putting that behind Collision. Those, those hours of, of filming and matches and things of that nature. One of the things that I'm very concerned about with AEW is the fact that, as far as we know, Warner Brothers Discovery has not picked up the one-year option that is available. So the AEW contract is supposed to expire in December of 2023. The network has the option to pick up the contract for one year. 
which would get them to December of 2024 while they negotiate a new deal. The one-year option pickup hasn't happened yet. And to the best of my understanding, Collision is not guaranteed to be on TV uh, come next year. (laughs) They have to deliver. They're on a trial. It's like when you hire a new employee, you put them on a 90-day plan, right? You know, we're going to see what happens after that. Within those 90 days, you can pull the plug, get rid of them. I think Collision probably has about six months. They probably have till December to, to establish themselves. And if they don't, well, <laughs> see you later. That's not a guarantee. And it's it's concerning because if AEW doesn't at least get the option picked up by Warner Brothers Discovery, then that means that they're just trying to find their next television deal. We're getting a little late in the game here, folks. You need that extra year. So for all you wrestlers out there who are making decisions on what your next moves are going to be, I'm just telling you right now, I hope you're paying attention to these things. I hope you're paying attention to whether or not AEW gets that one-year option picked up because it would be a shame for you to sign a, a, any kind of commitment and then months later you find out this this company doesn't have a TV deal anymore. And some of you out there are going to be like, that's not, it's not possible. It's not. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Because here's what's not going to happen. Tony's not going to take less money to continue to air what he's doing because he's losing money right now. They're not profitable yet. This, this next TV contract that they get has to be a moneymaker. It has to. It, the value of this thing needs to be significant in order to justify all the losses. There's a possibility that may not happen. And then we're going to see where the rubber meets the road because here's the issue. It would be great. If we can count on Shad Khan, Tony's father, the guy who owns AEW, it would be great if we can count on him paying out contracts regardless of what happens. Unfortunately, based on his business practices, and we saw it recently with the black news channel that he owned, Shad Khan will just file for bankruptcy, and then people are going to get pennies on the dollar if they even get paid with what they're owed. And for you wrestlers out there, under contract in AEW, ROH as well, which are AEW contracts, by the way, for you wrestlers out there, I hope you're paying attention to what's going on because this is real. It's like a Lucha Underground situation where you're going to have a a company that's not on TV and they're not airing, but you're under contract. So it's not like you can just go do TV somewhere else. (laughs) You're kind of in a rock and a hard place and you're being held up. And oh, by the way, the money's not coming in. That's that's scary, right? So I hope we're paying attention to what's going on here. I want AEW to succeed, and I hope this AEW collision show just does monster numbers and and moves forward in a positive manner. I hope that happens because I'm going to tell you right now, it would be tremendous in a not-so-good way if this thing bombs. If this is another AEW rampage, my goodness. Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. Nobody wants to see the WWE have a monopoly again. That's not an an option. We don't want that. As fans, we don't want that. Pro wrestling as a product has, has been all right lately. And we want it to continue to grow. We want it to be a boom period. Some people are already saying it's a boom period. That's not true. It's a boom period for the WWE. I know Bushy Road has made some money over the past year. They're the folks who own New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom. But that doesn't mean that New Japan and Stardom were actually profitable over the past year. I don't, they don't even have star power, so it's, it's kind of hard to say that they are. They have a show on Access TV that airs every week. Nobody watches that show. That's the reality of that situation. So in the American market, New Japan Pro Wrestling is the least amount of wrestling that people watch week to week. There are few people watching that show than any other wrestling show that's on on TV in America. Okay? That's the reality of that. So the industry is not in a boom period by any stretch of the imagination. WWE is in a boom period. <laughs> the, the biggest boom. They sold for how many, how many billions of dollars did they sell for? They're in the biggest boom period. Everybody else, not so much. Now, hopefully that changes. AEW, 
I want you to have that contract, whether it be with, with WBD or anybody else. I want you to have a new contract, lucrative contract. I want you to pay my friends, pay my heroes, pay these wonderful wrestlers. I want to see more women's content. I want to see more black male singles wrestlers competing for the championship. I want to see sensical storylines. I want to see people having matches that are fantastic, but they have they actually have stories behind it that make sense and don't insult the intelligence of the audience. I want to see all of that. We need it. Because if we don't, and you don't get the new contract and you go away, then you did more harm than good overall. That's the reality of that. Nobody wants to see that. So I'm pulling for AEW. I really am. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna tune into this AEW collision show on Saturday. And I encourage everybody who's listening right now to tune in as well. Support it. Let's at least see if they're gonna do the thing on that show that they fall short on with dynamite. Maybe Tony Khan will use collision to correct all the wrongs that he's made with dynamite. That would be nice. Allegedly, CM Punk is going to be there, which, I mean, that's just reality TV drama, basically. But hey, whatever. Um, if he's going to be there, he's going to be there. Good. I don't care about that. I want to see. I want to see Miro. I want to see Keith Lee do something that's worth watching. <laughs> I, I want to see women's matches that don't insult my intelligence. Hopefully, Thunder Rosa would be there. Although I think she's still injured, so she may not be wrestling. But it'd be nice to see Thunder Rosa on TV. With segments, talking, doing something, right? I want to see things that make sense. So I'm pulling for AEW on this. I do not want the WWE to establish a monopoly on the industry again. I don't want to see that. That's garbage. When you don't have anybody challenging you in any way, the quality of your product, it just goes to junk. We don't need that again. We want the opposite. This is Burger King. I want to have it my way, baby. <laughs> right? I want a little bit of something everywhere. Just talking to Bobby Fish, talking about, you know, the AWA and 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 you know some of the other wrestling that was on TV other than WWF when we were growing up. I, I used to be able to watch WWF, NWA, which was really Jim Crockett uh, promotions. Uh, the AWA, World Class Championship Wrestling, which eventually transitioned into the Global Wrestling Federation. ICW, which was here in Boston, which transitioned into, what is it, IWCCW, when they combined with uh, World Class. I, I used to be able to see wrestling from all over. It was everywhere because it was cheap programming that they, they would put on cable TV. We had cable. You know, we, were, we were fortunate. Not very many... Uh, Households had cable TV in the neighborhood in the mid 80s and early 80s. We had it. We were fortunate. So I love more wrestling. I, I don't think we have enough wrestling out there right now. Some people say, I, I see these ridiculous polls all the time. Is it too much wrestling? I, no, not only is it not too much, there's not enough. <laughs> I want more. We want more. Seriously. I want, I want more opportunity for our friends, our heroes, for people, even for the people who we can't stand, right? Even for the people that we can't stand, I want more opportunities. I want to see it out there. I look at a guy, and I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch some help for this, but I don't care because this is the way it is. I look at a guy like Cody Rhodes. He's a punk. He wants to live off of glory that he didn't earn. He wants to sit here and pretend like he's some nice guy when in reality, he, he you know, he's not. Um, He's a heel pretending to be a baby face, and I don't like it, okay? I want Cody Rhodes to make as much money as humanly possible because I like his wife, and I like his kid. I think he has a very nice family. I want Cody Rhodes to make all the money in the world, and I want him to have all the opportunity in the world, and I want Cody Rhodes to be able, when his contract is up, to negotiate and be able to say, well, if you're not going to pay me what I'm worth or what I feel that I, I contribute, I'm going to go to the other place and they'll pay it for me. I want that to exist. It won't exist if AEW fails, right? Because I have no expectations for Impact at this point to rise to that level. MLW doesn't have a chance to rise to that level. New Japan is not even on the, they're not even, they don't exist in what I'm talking about in the United States. They're in their own bubble where they are, right? So this thing with AEW has to work. And I'm talking to you right now, Tony Khan. I know that you listen to this show and you don't like what I have to say all the time. And that's okay. Sometimes I can be a little, little, derogatory, 
you know, sometimes I can be a little sharp with my words, but in reality, it comes down to this. There are many things that you've promised that you never delivered on. You, you wanted to gain the glory from being our favorite buddy, the guy who's going to give us all the things that the WWE never gave us, and you were going to you're going to right all the wrongs that exist. Women were going to get paid equally. Everyone was going to have health insurance. Uh, black uh, male wrestlers were going to be featured in a serious manner, and there were going to be a whole lot of them in abundance and all this other nonsense, diversity and inclusion and et cetera. You're going to check all the boxes. This was going to be a woke dream that Tony Khan was going to deliver for us. And what have we received? The complete opposite. It's been a nightmare. <laughs> We've fallen short on all of those promises. Fact. You cannot tell me that Jamie Hayter is making as much money right now as MJF. We know that's not true. We know that's not true, right? What woman in that company is making as much as Chris Jericho? And somebody's going to say, no, 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 no. Don't give me the nonsense. This guy said women were going to be paid equally to the men. It hasn't happened and it won't happen. It was a lie. (laughs) But he got a bunch of nice news articles and a lot of support off of that lie, which I have a problem with. It was dishonest business practices. That's my take. Despite all of that, I need you to succeed, my friend. I need you to succeed, Tony Khan, because we need something else that allows these wrestlers to negotiate off of. We need something else when they run afoul on the other place, which is not hard to do that they have somewhere else where they can go and they can continue to be the best that they can be. So this this isn't some anti-AEW nonsense over here, but I'm going to tell the truth and I'm going to point out the nonsense. I'm going to point out the garbage going on, but I'm still going to lead with we need this thing to succeed. And for Warner Brothers Discovery, if you're listening, hold them accountable, but the programming on your networks, quite frankly, should have wrestling complementing it. I don't understand why I wouldn't. So the fact that AEW hasn't gotten an extension, at the very least, on their contract, I think is a piss poor way to do business. Because you tell me how much of your program is is delivering whatever AEW is delivering as consistently all year round. It's a piss poor way to do business, Warner Brothers Discovery. At the very least, pick up the one year option and continue to negotiate with them and figure out if they're going to be with you beyond that. But to sit here and play games with these people's lives, when you know that this thing ends in December, this contract that they're under, it's really disgusting. And again, for you wrestlers out there, I hope you're paying attention. You're not guaranteed anything. These are rich people playing games with your lives. So I hope you're setting the table and you're looking out for yourselves and you're doing what's best for you. Maybe that little flippy dippy peanut butter skippy off the top of the ladder is not the way to go right now. God forbid, right? Don't put yourself in a position where you're on the shelf and you can't find a way out here. Everybody needs to work smart right now because this is transition, baby. This is transition for sure. So again, I will be tuning in uh, to AEW Collision Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think it's on TNT. Could be on TBS. Don't quote me on that. I don't have time to be looking it up, but I, I will be watching whatever channel it's on. That's right. Shout out to our friends at Mission Pro Wrestling. They had a, another fantastic event this past weekend. Tiffany Nieves, friend of the show, she competed. Uh, she fell short, so she did not become the Mission Pro Wrestling uh, champion, but she did compete. You know, Genocide, still the top uh, lady up there, which is great. Mission Pro still chugging along, man. Shout out to Wild Superheroes, our friends over there, still knocking it out of the park on TV. Middle Kingdom Wrestling in China. They are back in business. Restrictions have been lifted for the most part. Putting on events again, Big Sam and and Queen Marie, you know, the whole, the stable, the whole crew over there. Ash, you know, shout out to the whole crew over there. Happy birthday to Zombie Dragon. Good friend of the show. Uncle Money, what's up? Listen, I heard Ho-Ho Loon. Ho-Ho Loon was getting smacked around by Big Sam. Thank goodness. Um... I'm always happy to see that. Good stuff going on Middle Kingdom Wrestling China. Pro wrestling is 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 a beautiful thing. And it's happening all over the world and and we just have to support what we like and the stuff that we don't like, we can be vocal about what we don't like about it and advocate for change. Nothing wrong with that. 
But the main idea is you got to show up and you got to speak up. And it's got to be more than just trolling. It's got to be serious. The stuff that they were doing this past weekend at the River City Wrestling Con, the quality of the of the wrestling. I saw I saw Jay Bougie and, and Andrew Anderson have a classic old school type of match. Big guy versus little guy. It was something unlike anything you've seen from Jay Bougie. He had to find a way to to stop this immovable object. I think it ended in a uh, no contest, but it was it was fun, man. It was fun, you know. And and of course, low key doing his thing with Bobby Fish. Good stuff. That's what I love to see, man. Anyway, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Duke loves wrestling. Facebook, Gmail. Let me know what you think. Twitter, Duke loves wrestling. I got to get out of here. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.